Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. If you are a new listener and you're new to this conversation, I'd like to welcome you for the first time. I appreciate you lending me your ears. And if you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this ongoing conversation. This is our 49th episode. This is season four, episode five. We're going to name it in a moment. I'm not entirely sure what we're going to name it yet. Um, I think probably by the end of the episode, maybe I'll have a name for it. But um, I have a couple of things I wanted to speak about. But first things first. Um, as you guys know, this is uh, probably what's this day I'm recording. Today is what, the 10th, the 11th? I'm not sure. I started journaling on November 1st of this year. I've been using the gratitude journals. I've been using the fitness journals that are available through Chavez House Publishing. That's Chavez with an S at the end, C-H-A-V-E-S, House Publishing. It's very, very, um, it's been very uh, instrumental in moving a lot of the things in my life forward in a positive direction. Uh, the only way things are going to change in your life, people, is if you make those changes and if you implement the great habits, because you are your habits. You are what you think. You are what you repeat. You are who you hang out with. You are your, your predominant thoughts. You are all these things, and your habits are extremely important. They tell the story of who you are. And so these journals and journaling has been instrumental in, in uh, pretty much me galvanizing what the next year is going to be like like what do i want it to be like you know what is it that i'm looking for out of life and putting it on paper and saying yeah this is what i want so i'm getting in the habits because my fiance is heavy into scripting vision boarding writing she she's a life coach actually she does workshops and and i'm not great at writing i i'm a i'm a very good writer but i'm not great at writing down my own feelings i'm great at speaking about my feelings i to myself i don't tell a lot of other people i'll talk to myself in the street and i'll just have these conversations i leave myself audio messages and things of that nature but writing down what i want i i've never i've never been good at that i've never done it consistently and now is an opportunity for me to implement it try it out doesn't hurt to try studies have shown that you know the more you write something down the higher propensity for that thing that you wrote down to actually manifest itself tangibly you know so that's what i've been doing so i would encourage you guys to join me this is a 365 day journey i started november 1st and this journal has 365 pages for entries every day uh so it, this ends november 1st 2022nd 2022 i'm sorry and so that's what we're going to be doing we're going to be journaling and we're using the titan fit journal for men and we're using the healthy fit and beautiful journey uh, journal for women and the uh training for my best life journal for women as i've said on a couple of other occasions we are in early november uh green friday or black friday whatever you want to call it is coming up chris kringles at your job gifts for family friends mates cohorts colleagues co-workers etc are available this would make a fantastic gift for you and someone else that you care about 
I know we're, we're, we're heading into resolution season. I started my resolution season two months before January 1st. I said I wanted to get a super head start on 2022. So I'm starting 2022 right now. So if you'd like to join me, I would, I would love for you guys to join me. As I've said on, on previous uh, uh, episodes and previous conversations, this is about us connecting. If we never meet in person, be, be um, conscious of the fact that we could be totally different sides of the world, different hemispheres, time zones, different socioeconomic situations, but we could be sitting down doing the same thing. I could be waking up in the morning and journaling and you're doing the same thing when you wake up in the morning. That's what can connect us. Us waking up and being grateful, using the prompts in the journal in the, in the morning as soon as we wake up and using those prompts for the evening right before we sleep. And we could be doing that together no matter where we are. That to me is connection. We're going to be speaking about connection a little later on. I may bring something up about, I may go back to the metaverse of, of, of Zuckerberg, but I may not. I'm not too sure yet. We'll see. We'll see how my brain works. You guys know how it is. This is a stream of consciousness. It's rants and diatribes that I try to bring in in a sort of a Chappellian sort of manner, which is what I, I come from two ramblers. My mom is, can, can speak on end, my dad as well. So the reason why I can be long-winded, blame them. Don't blame me. Sorry. It's, you know, I'm just a product of my, natu my uh, natural selection. In any case, what are we going to name this episode? I don't know, you know. Because a lot of this, what we're going to speak about, I'm, I'm tying in a lot of things together. Because this is what happens. I'll see a statement. Let's say I'm reading something. And one sentence will set me off in a bunch of different directions. And I start pulling things in out of my mind. And then maybe I'll go research some statistics and whatever just to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm accurate on certain points. But I'll just, just grab things out of the air just from a sentence. That sentence was from our former president, Barack Obama. Um, as you guys know or may not know, there was a climate change conference, the COP26, COP26, and our president, Joseph R. Biden, was there. And our former president, Barack H. Obama, was there. And... You know, there's a lot of talk about what's going on with our climate. Our climate is changing and it's changing for the worse. And we're headed towards oblivion and it's going to, we, we're, we have increasing storms, catastrophic events. We're going to have climate refugees. Uh, it, all of this is happening. And we have our president over there. Then we had, uh, then Barack Obama was over there and he took it as an opportunity to take a uh, shot at former president Donald J. Trump saying Donald J. Trump you know, um, extricated the United States from the Paris agreements, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there was an assault on actual environmental protections under the Donald Trump administration. And then he said a sentence that I didn't like. See, I'll take all of that. You know, you want to take a political shot at your rival, although I felt that that was not the time nor the place. If you're going to speak about the climate, do it. But politics, politics is an opportunistic sport. So you, you look for opportunities to aggrandize yourself and diminish your opponents. That's the nature of it. So, all right. When he said it, I could have looked at it as if it was cringeworthy, but that's the nature of the beast. Fine. Go ahead. Take your shots. You know, what I didn't like is when he said he told young people to stay angry on the climate fight. 
that the young people and their activism was what was going to bring about the change. It's not going to happen from the top. It's going to happen from people on the ground, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had a problem with that because that's something that he espoused all throughout his campaign in 2007 and 2008 when he was running for office for the first time, you know, for his first election presidency. And um, he spoke a lot about there's only so much he can do. He's going to need the people on the ground. He's going to need the people on the ground. He's going to need the people on the ground. And, and, and if you guys don't remember, Barack Obama had one of the most comprehensive grassroots networks of any president ever. As a matter of fact, maybe you guys don't know this, but Barack Obama, his campaign won two prizes at the Can Lion Awards for advertising and grassroots marketing. It won awards. It was such a slick campaign. A billion dollars, I think, were spent. The most expensive presidential campaign to that point was spent. It was slick. It, it, it involved the people. It involved uh, uh, the me all forms of media. I remember Sarah, Sarah Silverman, um, the comedian, they had a campaign that she was heading up called The Great Schlep, where it was trying to attract Jewish voters to, to vote for Barack Obama. All these things were working in unison. And he had these kids and he had teenagers and, and young adults and high schoolers taking to the streets, going door to door. His door to door campaign was something I had never seen in my short life. I saw people, people in New York were uh, my friends in New York. Uh, when I was living in Florida at the time, I saw it in Florida. They were on the ground. They were present and they spent a lot of money and they captured the hearts and minds and the idealistic minds of many, many young people. But guess what happened? When he got elected in 08, all those young adults, because youth is when you do it, you're learning youth, that youthful experience and that vibrance, that youthful uh, energy and that vibrance and that, that not only energy, but that expendable time. You have time on your hands when you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. You don't have a family yet. I'm sorry, a family of your own. You're just a family member. You're the offspring of your parents. You're living at home. You don't have expenses as such that you have to work 40 hours a week to maintain a, a lifestyle. You don't have to do that. So capturing the energies of the youth is an extremely uh, vital and it's, and it's essential if you want to actually make changes, real fundamental grassroots changes. And so he came in with a mandate, with, a, with, a, with momentum on his side. And within months of him being elected, that grassroots campaign was no longer funded. And all of these kids who thought that they were going to be part of the whole Barack Obama League and have little chapters and little uh, uh, offices and, and satellite offices all throughout America, now all of a sudden, boop, thanks for your vote, chopped off. And what we got in return, with respect to many people who voted for Barack Obama in 2008, I did too. But I always say I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I voted against Sarah Palin. I didn't think she was fit for office. There were so many women that were great vice presidential 
candidates that were passed over for Sarah Palin. And I thought to myself, I have great respect for John McCain. I had great respect for his stance on campaign finance reform. I was 100% with him on that. I enjoyed the way that he would give it to his own party and others. And I didn't have to agree with him on all his politics, but I thought he would make a better president because I knew him more. I didn't know the new guy. I didn't know him. It sounded good, but I knew John McCain's record. So if John McCain had just chosen another running mate, I would have voted for John McCain. I, wouldn't have, I wasn't going to vote for Barack Obama. So I always say that my vote wasn't for Barack Obama. I, I, I voted against Sarah Palin because John McCain was an advanced age. I didn't think he would possibly make it to a second term. And, and the thought to me of Sarah Palin being the, a United States president was, was brought great disturbance to my force. In any case, I voted for him. And I noticed you know, as most politicians do, they, how you campaign and how you preside over the presidency are different. And I noticed it was a lot of rhetoric, a lot of telling people, a lot of chastising condescension to the young people. It's up to you. You got to take to the streets. You got to you got to you got to want it. You got to I can't do it for you. I'm just one person. I, you got to rhetoric going to colleges and telling black college graduate men in, in, in historically black colleges and universities at HBCUs, hey, you know, you know, you got to go out there and earn it. You, you, you know, they're not just going to give you a job. And, you know, me, I take I have a retort to that. Hey, you, you know, they're not just gonna, I'm, wait a minute. I, I done spent all this money. I kept my nose clean. I crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. I'm not asking for anything. I earned the right. A college kid who graduates college and, and, and went there and borrowed that money and the parents refinanced the house and, and, or were saving since the kid was born, had a college fund and waited till that 18th year and all of a sudden here, time to go to school. And that kid goes and does that. And then you think they're asking for a handout now when they, when they, when they as soon as they graduate, they want to do what? Go and work? They're not saying they want to sit home. And so the condescension that was coming from the pres that presidency, I was watching it closely in 08 and 09 and 2010 and very much so in 2011, in the fall of 2011, during the Occupy movement, when the kids did what Barack was saying. You got to take to the streets. You got to want it. You got to let the people know the only way things are going to change is if you change them. Occupy was people in the streets. Do I have my issues with the Occupy movement? Of course. I was there. I saw them. I went to see if this was going to be the, the, the watershed movement of my generation. I wanted to be there. I wasn't there for the, I wasn't alive during the civil rights movements. I wasn't there during the labor union movements. I wasn't there. I wasn't alive. This is my parents' generation. But I thought this quite possibly could be my generation's moment. So I looked. It wasn't that, but I respected a lot of the things that were going on. But guess what was going on when these kids were, as Barack just said in his uh, uh, the COP26 speech, staying angry on the climate fight. These men and women, parents, students, people coming from all walks of life were staying angry on the economic fight. But. And Barack was in the news saying we stand with the people at Occupy. Really? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Not according to all the news reports I was reading when I was reading The Guardian and I was reading um, uh, reports that 
universities were sending information to the FBI about Occupy students and local police were working with Homeland Security and the FBI. And all of this was happening during Barack Obama's presidency. All of this was happening during the time when he was saying he was standing with the Occupy people. All of this was happening under not only his uh, presiding, but under his direction. He's the one who said, yes, we're going to monitor them. We're going to keep an eye on them. We're going to subvert them and we're going to sabotage them. I mean, there are reports and I remember reading reports about ah, the details that the feds, local police, Department of Homeland Security, banks were pulling bank statements and financials from the Occupy participants and leadership and funneling it to the government and that's what they were using to subvert this movement so if anybody out there is asking themselves whatever happened to occupy me i had my own insults about occupy i used to say hey you white guys are just going to go get jobs and then you'll be fine because this is the very same people that were in new york speaking about the 99 percent one percent i never saw them when kids were getting shot and stop and frisked a stop and frisk that only has a 20% success rate, which means 80% of the people that you're, you're, you're frisking are innocent. I didn't see these same people occupying parks when the economic injustices and the judicial injustices were running rampant in NYC. And that was my issue. I said, you guys are upset because now it's happening to you. It's almost like the Vietnam anti-war movement all over again because suburban Anglos were being drafted. If it was a bunch of blacks and Puerto Ricans from the projects in the South Bronx and Brooklyn and whoever else in South side of Chicago and other places, I doubt there would be an anti-war movement, but it was because it was, it was hitting John and JQ public in suburban America, you had an anti-war movement. I said this to Occupy organizers, to their faces. I said, I don't believe this. I said, I'll only believe this if it's here two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, and it grows into something else. I'll only believe that. So part of me still believes that that movement only occurred due to the fact that it hit them. There was a certain level of ambivalence when it was hitting everybody else. But at the same time, one cannot diminish or discount or dismiss Barack Obama's government that subverted, sabotaged, and helped dismantle this group of angry Americans, law-abiding Americans, who wanted to go to school, who wanted jobs, who wanted to be treated with a certain level of decency and dignity and felt that the system, the economic system, was not doing such. And he dis helped dismantle it. The banks, the business world, the federal government, everyone was involved. Law enforcement agencies, local and national, what are we talking about? So when I see the stay angry on climate fight, I go, yeah, yeah, no. If we really cared about climate, listen to me. I used to live in Florida. If we really cared about climate, there's a little thing called solar power. Maybe you've heard of it. It's when you use the power of the sun to power the things that are in your life. <laughs> Your, your home, your, um, uh, your, even your car, uh, the electricity, right? Do you know that where I lived in Florida or in Florida, it was illegal and it's illegal to power your home with sonar, solar panels completely. You have to be on the grid. You can have solar panels, 
but you can't be completely off of the grid with those solar panels. Why? Because FPL won't get paid. Florida Power and Light. And if you live in New York or wherever places, Con Edison won't get paid. And if you live in, you know, the Southwest or in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, OG are not going to get their money. All this talk about, oh, we need to do better with development and we need to do better with this and we need to do use better. Do you understand how many carbon, the carbon reduction and the carbon footprint, how we can significantly reduce it if we would allow people to go off the grid? But what happens to our gas industry? What happens to our oil industry? What happens to our coal industry? What happens to these industries? Overnight, they become undermined. Overnight, they're subvert overnight, they're upside down. We count on fossil fuels to make this thing run. We have the rubber on your tires has oil in it. I think it's what, 20, 30, 40% oil, if not more. The plastics have oil in it. Your toys, your, your, your electronics, your car parts, the silica, all of these things have oil in them. Okay? So if you start saying, and, and one of the main ways that we use energy is through our homes, electricity. What's the problem? Why are we going all over the world and having climate summits when we're making solar panels illegal? Stop with the double talk. This is why I like to talk to you people directly so you can hear the nuance. You're not going to get the nuance out there. When I saw these speeches about be active, fight and fight, like, wait, I can't even get off the grid in America. Florida has 350 days of sunshine. Let me put some solar panels on the roof of my home. And the energy that my home isn't using, you can sell it back to the energy companies. That's what was going on in, a, in certain places in this country. Your home can only use so much energy. So what would happen is you would have this sort of solar energy reservoir and you could actually sell that energy back to the energy companies and you could actually make a tidy little you know, profit based on the fact that you just put some panels up. So now the panels are paying for itself. The house is paying for itself. As a matter of fact, some people were getting hundreds, if not maybe a thousand or so dollars a month for the energy that their home wasn't using and selling it back to the uh, energy companies. You were actually able to pay your mortgage off of sunlight. That sounds a little bit more sustainable to me. Right? So instead of going overseas and telling me how to build this and telling other people how to build this, why don't you come back home? Come back home and um, repeal the legislation and create new laws that um, sort of um, take the stigma and sort of make it uh, 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 legal to actually put solar panels up and actually be off the grid. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? These conversations are long-winded going over... All those, all that yapping and people flying private. You got five people on a plane and you're telling me to conserve energy. What? What are we talking about? I, 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 I don't, I want you guys out there to understand that, you know, oftentimes political rhetoric is sleight of hand and that's a sleight of hand trick. It's illegal. It's illegal for me to have solar panels in my home and have it and be completely off of the grid. If I'm in Florida, I have to be connected to FPL somehow, some way. 
even though FPL and the government can create certain regulations for my solar panels. You have to say, listen, we want it to be safe and we, we, uh, this is the model that we want you to use. This is safe and it's certified, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, fine. OK, yeah, I want to make sure that my house doesn't blow up too, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, fine. So you want to regulate which solar panels I can use. They have to be a certified such and such. I have a zero issue with that. You, I have to use this sort of energy reservoir and gauge and, and such, and such. Yeah, yeah, okay. Pro- problem. I don't, I don't know about. So I just want, I just want this free energy, man. I just want to be able to power my television, power my washer dryer, power my electric stove, power all of these things using solar power. That's all, and making sure that the the, the appliances that I have are compatible with the system, and and that's that. Now I can turn everything on and leave every light on or turn everything. It doesn't matter. But now I am not blasting mountain caps for coal. I'm not drill baby drilling for gas. No more oil spills here and gas lines there and killing the ducks and the fish in the water. And no, and not, not going to other people's countries and saying, OK, yeah, we want your oil. Forget about the fact that you've been here for about 800 years and you've been living in an, an agrarian society. We're going to pollute this whole river and stream, turn your people into refugees and create an energy war and have military juntas and goons and henchmen killing each other. Yeah, no more of that. <clears throat> Just saying. <clears throat> Just saying. If you understood the war for energy. Very few things bring about the killing and the murdering of people more than resources and people having an idea <clears throat> that the resources are scarce. Mm-hmm. Scarcity brings about two things. It brings out the innovation in man <clears throat> and it brings out the animal in man oftentimes as well. Well, there, it brings out more than two things, but those are very, very important two things. It brings about innovation and animalistic behavior. Mm-hmm. It does. So we have that. We have that. People, go, you know, our, our leaders are going overseas telling us about climate change, what we need to do as countries. Meanwhile, here it's illegal for me to put solar panels up and be off the grid. Stop it. Tell your president, tell your senators, tell your governors this. If we're really serious about um, mitigating or, or at least reducing uh, our carbon footprint and ensuring that we don't have the level of climate refugees that are going to occur because there are many people on this earth that are in business with mother nature they're in partnership with mother nature they are farmers they're living in an agri- in agrarian societies there are other people who who have peripheral businesses that that are directly affected and they directly profit off of the agrarian and, and agriculture all of these businesses will be affected if we have more violent storms more this more that if that's really the case if that's really the case then the first thing's first. Let's go solar. Stop stop with the other stuff. Whatever sleight of hand going roundabout. Yes, your yeah, your 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 oil and gas companies and your this, that, and the third are gonna take a hit. Hey, yeah, it, they are. It's gonna be time for people to uh guess what? Reformat. It's capitalism, right? It's free market, right? This is how it works, right? If if you really believe in that. You know, we don't have cassettes anymore. We went from eight tracks to cassettes to CDs, and now we're digital. Things do evolve. Technology evolves. Business models evolve. There's no more blockbuster video. It's Netflix now. We went from blockbuster to the red box or whatever, and now we're, we're Netflixing and we're streaming shows on our phones and tablets. No need for a VCR. No need for a DVD player. Unnecessary. In your car, when you buy a car today, you can't get a CD player. I still have a ton of CDs. Where am I going to play them? Can't play them in my car. You know, 
One of my cars I can play them in, but the other one I can't. So it's crazy. So think about that. Things do change. So maybe this antiquated model just needs an update. That's all I'm saying. I don't have to be a tree hugger to say that. I don't have to be some uh, Greta Thunberg or whatever Thornberg to, to say that. It's just things change. Things evolve. You guys have hundreds of billions of dollars. Start to pivot your business model to fit the new era. Sit. It's antiquated. You can't tell me about climate change one minute and tell me I, I can't have a solar panel the next. And it's illegal. What? Are you kidding me? Stop it. So I just wanted to talk about that real quick. I just wanted to rant a bit. I, it's, it's something that, that for whatever reason, it, it just stuck in my cross that, wait a minute, you can't say that. You can't tell kids to go out there and fight for climate, fight and go out and take to the streets because you're going to send the feds on them. So if these same kids and these same young adults and all of us, if we all go out into the streets and say, hey, we want to make solar panels legal, which sounds absurd to e actually have to have that level of conversation but it's a conversation that we would have to have in many places in America. If you try to create, put solar panels off of your home and be disconnected from the energy grid and paying, you know, your energy companies, they're coming for you. There will be men in, a, in an official capacity. Representatives of the state apparatus and private enterprise, which is fascistic when you ask me. Sort of fascistic because a lot of these companies are private utility companies working in a public utility setting. But and it's sort of this in interesting incestuous relationship between the private and the public sector. And so people will come to your home that represent both the private and the public capacity in a hybrid capacity telling you to stop. Why? What did I do? I just, I don't want to burn a lot of electricity. You, I keep hearing about this climate change thing, right? I'm trying to reduce my carbon footprint over here, right? You know, I got my tablet popping. I got this going on. I got the washer dryer going on. We're cooking in the kitchen. Lights are on, but we're good because it's all coming from the sun. We're good here. We're actually being, you know, um, good citizens right now good patrons of the earth, no? Good stewards, I'm sorry, of the earth, no? Oh, no, uh, no, the state will say, uh-uh, yeah, 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 great, that sounds great. Knock it off. Get back on the grid or else. You're going to get fined or worse. There have been a lot of those fights going on. There have been people that have been on the ground that are in court as we speak, people who've lived off the grid, who want to be good stewards, who are good stewards, who do the composting and fertilizer and this and re-get their well water from the... They do all of that, and they're in court right now for being off of the grid. So don't be fooled by all this climate change conversation. Your news outlets want to narrow the conversation to the point, yes, climate change, it's big business, it's big business, and big business, and big, big, stop it. Your government made it illegal for you to have a solar panel and be off the grid. I mean, you can, like I said, you can have it to a certain degree, but if you want to go completely off the grid, they're not going to let you. They're not going to let you. I mean, at least say, okay, I'll pay the I'll pay a ten dollar surcharge. I'll pay I'll pay twenty bucks a month. Keep me on the grid. I'll pay you guys twenty bucks a month, as opposed to the hundred dollars a month that many people are paying for their electricity when it's cold outside and using your electric central air or central heating systems and your cooking and your washing. I mean, you have your washer on. That's water. 
your dryer on that's electricity your stove is on that's electricity if it's if it's electric or gas then you have your televisions on and your lights i don't think people understand how much of a footprint that a first worlder in the united states actually uses the more stuff we have the more energy it burns the stuff that we own has to be plugged into a wall and that energy is coming from somewhere right you understand it's coming from somewhere Somebody's mountain cap was blown up. Some coal had to be burned. Right? Some oil had to be drilled or fracked. Okay? Some alliances with some bad acting nations had to be made to get that gas and oil oftentimes. Okay? All of that is occurring every time you plug something into a wall. Every time you press on, every time you power something up, that's what's occurring. Meanwhile, our leaders and our media <laughs> are to climate. Oh, climate. We're having the most storms we've had and we're having the most violent storms. And this is the most hurricanes. And we're having record, uh, record calamitous. F- Stop it. But yet you won't report on the fact that our government has made it illegal in some parts to be completely off the grid with solar panels. So knock it off. So I'm saying to you, if this is an important issue for you, if you find this to be an issue because they're making it as such, right? You know, where, where, the, where the government's lens, the media lens, where it's at is where they want to point us. They're pointing us in a particular direction for whatever reason. But I'm saying if you're going to point me in this direction, I'm going to use the wide lens. I'm not going to try to see this through a straw. Okay, I'm going to use the wide lens. And from the wide lens, I'm seeing how the government is preventing me from actually being off the grid. You guys are propagators and you guys are compelling. You're propagating this climate change forward. So I would impress upon you if this is an important issue for you. It's important to me to a certain degree. It is for some more than others. Um, I would say, listen, talk to your representatives. Speak about it on your social media. Talk to your friends and say, hey, listen, um, can we get solar panels here? If you live in an apartment complex, they should have solar panels on top of every one of your buildings on the roof. And everyone's just chilling. Pay a surcharge. That's it. Twenty dollars. A negligible amount. Each tenant. If you have a home, you're renting a home, whatever. So what's what's the problem? It's insane. We look at think about it. You live in an apartment complex and there's dozens and dozens of people burning lights and electricity and laptops are getting charged and televisions and coffee makers and everything is going on at the same time. Everything. And this guy's talking about, oh, uh, just go out there and fight the good fight. No, knock it off. I'm just saying that's just me. That's just one of my rants for today. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Remember, if you are listening to me on Apple or iTunes Please rate and review and subscribe. It's very important for the algorithm in the metaverse. For, so, you know, it can show that there's activity on the page as far as that's concerned. Or, I'm sorry, on the platform that people are actually tuning in and they're showing that they're tuning in by actually leaving a review or re- at least at the very least rating the show and following it. So please, I'd really, really appreciate it. And take a look at those journals. We spoke about it. Chavez House Publishing on Amazon. Chavez with an S at the end. House Publishing.
go on Amazon, scroll through, get yourself the gratitude journal that has the, the sunset in the background. And it says the gratitude journal, abundant, blessed life. And you can pick up the Titan fit journal for men and the other two journals for women. And um, we're going to do this again real soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye bye.